as boys lines. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. You're listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. Welcome to the As Bold as Lions podcast. My name is Derek, and it is so good to have you join me today. Hopefully your 2022 and your month of January is off to a good start. Uh, I can say that where I live in middle Tennessee, um, a bit south of Nashville, it's been a little uh, snowy and cold um, actual wintry type of weather here in the past few days. Um, being that I'm from the North, originally from Minnesota, uh, snow is, is certainly a familiar sight to me. Um, but not always, uh, so familiar with it here. Now that we live in the South, there's been years where we've really not had any type of that extreme winter weather here. The last couple of years we have had snow and I will say that just, um, the, the capabilities here with dealing with it and being able to kind of function and, and get along with it are, are greatly limited. And, um, you know, understandably so because of just, uh, what cities can offer as far as plows and keeping roads clear and all that. So it, it really just kind of, um, hunkers us down for a while and, uh, no school, things like that. And we make the, we make the best of it, but, um, hopefully here, if it warms up a little, it, it won't be too long before it's gone and, uh, people can get out and kind of, kind of back to normal, um, with things. But, um, all that being said, I am excited to dive in and, and jump into a new podcast series that, uh, I've been thinking about for a while. Um, long wanted to just kind of use the podcast to go more specifically into a certain uh, either book of the Bible or kind of topic within the Bible and, and kind of expound upon that a bit. And so we're starting that today, um, making that a reality as we look at one of my favorite books um, within the New Testament and just within the Bible as a whole, the book of James. Um, being that there are five chapters in James. My goal is to spread the, the book out over five weeks, five episodes of the podcast, um, one chapter per week. And there's, there's a lot of ground to cover and a lot of things that we can, we can try to take from the book each, each week, each chapter. They're not necessarily super long chapters, but there's just a lot that James seems to throw at us in in, um, in these various segments, and I, it's kind of akin to me if if you've heard this saying, it's kind of like trying to take a drink from a fire hose. If if you um, can understand that analogy, and so much of the New Testament is that way. I think with the letters of Paul and different writings, um, there's just a lot that that you can get even in just a few short verses. 
And it just reminds me that really the Bible is that way, that we can read something over and over again and get something new out of it each time that we we come back. You you might think, man, I've read this passage a dozen times, and that's the first time that this particular verse or idea or something has just leapt out at me. And I think that's just an awesome thing that the Holy Spirit does as we have that desire to read Scripture and uh, just go deeper in our walk with the Lord in that way. Before we dive into um, some content from chapter one, James one, um, just a few background points about James. Uh, the author of this book is recognized as James, the half brother of Jesus, and he is a leader within the early Jerusalem church. From what we know about him, we, we understand he became a later convert to, to Christianity, to fallen Christ. It wasn't uh, until after the resurrection at some point. Uh, according to historians, this was one of the earlier books that was written in the New Testament. Well, why is that? And they think it's because there's no mention in James uh, of Gentile Christians, like no... Um, no effort to talk to that part of his audience and that there was probably the significant event that occurred after, um, James was written, which was the Jerusalem council, which was specifically meant to incorporate Gentiles as Christians to kind of say there's Jews and there's Gentiles. And now this is all one, one body, uh, following Christ. And this, this Jerusalem council didn't take place until AD 49. So sometime before that, they're speculating that, that James was written. Um, it's a lot of the, the content of James is a lot of sort of a wisdom, um, call to action, uh, faith, you know, action steps, that sort of thing. It, it almost follows a Proverbs type of emphasis. If you think of the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, just those, that, that type of, of wisdom, of, of instruction, it's, it's similar to that in, in James. And that's something that, that various um, commentators and things have, have pointed out. And so with that, there's, there's much to be considered in what are the outworkings of faith for the believer in Christ? What are the characteristics that we see? How do we act and live? And how is our faith more than just believing, but actually doing and living? James has a lot to say about that, and it's an important thing that he brings out throughout the book. So all of this being said, I'd like to hit a few main points in the podcast today, things that I think uh, naturally surface within each chapter. So reading through chapter one, I feel it is, it's clear that James is concerned with the aspect of faithfulness within the church, something near and dear on his heart. So let's jump in. And uh, if you have your Bible along with you, that great. If, if not, that's okay too. But James chapter one, first point I have is that faith involves testing. Verse two through four, it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking 
in nothing. And the the title of the podcast today is Steadfast Under Trial, trying to give a a title to each chapter. Um, maybe that's um, not broad enough for for our discussion, but that um, that idea comes from from these few verses here. Um, also verse 12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So as I read James, it becomes apparent that as Christians, we should, we should expect trials. Um, that should be kind of a part of life that we're uh, willing to just agree that that's, that's going to always be there. But beyond expecting trials, James is urging us to look at them with joy. And why is that? Well, it's because of what trials, I believe, produce in us. They, they produce steadfastness and they, they cause us to be without lack. So it's something good that actually comes out of those trials. I gotta be honest, my perspective doesn't normally come at trials with, with this focus. I'm not normally, um, willing to go there. I'm usually just bemoaning and begrudgingly going through whatever the, the difficulty is and eagerly hoping that the, the moment, eagerly hoping for the moment when it's all over saying, God, you know, hurry up with this. So this can end so I can move past it and move on. And, you know, I rarely look at difficulties in this life as, as these methods to hone my faith, to kind of sharpen me and, um, to prune away things in my life as well. So that there's more growth. Talk about the, the vine dresser and, um, just that opportunity for, uh, branches to be pruned so that more growth can be produced and looking at trials in, in that way. But Christians should become familiar with trials, especially as we we see the world growing more and more hostile to the faith. The the world that James was writing in and our world are and they're not that much different. They they lived with an expectancy to their faith that Christ could come back at any moment, and we must also. But what also comes through trials? Talk about the the just um, steadfastness and being without lack, lacking for anything. Well, there's this part in verse 12 that says the crown of life. And that, that intrigues me. Does, does this mean eternal life itself? That, that those who um, persevere through trials, that, that this eternal life is given to them from what I've read and, and commentaries on this, it's, it's doubtful that it means exactly that, that, Eternal life is not synonymous with the crown of life because there's this earning aspect of we'll earn this crown of life. And you, you can't e- earn eternal life. You can't somehow do enough things to, to get there. We, we know that. But if we're able to, to stand up under trial, if we're able to keep going, James alludes to some sort of reward. Um, and perhaps it's in this life. Perhaps it's some sort of just earthly peace and an earthly blessing of some sort, but uh, perhaps it could be in the life to come some, some sort of heavenly reward, this crown of life, which is, which is given to us. And scholars are kind of divided on this, but suffice to say that there's some sort of blessing that, that does come 
to those who persevere, who uh, stand up under trials and, and keep going in their faith. And really the application for all this for me is that nothing is wasted in terms of our trials and our tribulations. We're commanded to remain in Christ in them, but they're not without gain or or some reason. And I know that that can be hard to see in the moment, in the, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the thing you're suffering under and going through. But if you can look back and, and maybe even beyond this life, if you can look back and see that, you see why there was a reason and a purpose for it. And this side, like I said, this side of eternity, we may not know. We may not know why X, Y, and Z happened, but that doesn't change the fact that we, we stay committed and we keep persevering and going through that. So first chapter of James, first point, faith involves testing. Our second point today is that faith leaves no room for double-mindedness. So picking up in verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, this idea of being double-minded, that's something the Bible actually um, brings up and speaks of to a, a, a decent amount, a, a great extent, actually. Psalm 86, 11 says, Teach me your way, Lord, and I will live by your truth. Give me an undivided mind to fear your name. Just this plea to say, let me focus in on you and not be um, split between two wavering opinions. Uh, Matthew six twenty four. the words of Jesus, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. Double-minded is really a lack of putting our faith completely and wholly in Christ. It's trusting part of the way, but, but not going all of the way. So why is, this, why is this bad? Why is this something that we should try to avoid? Well, I think it's because we, when we put the hand, our hands to the plow, we're, we're not to look back. If we do, it talks about in Luke 9, uh, verse 62, we're, we're not fit for the kingdom, the work of the kingdom. If we're, we're trying to put that kind of a foot in the world and, and a foot in the Lord and, and do both things, we're, we're not going to do either thing uh, well at all. Double-mindedness indicates a lack of trust in the Lord. It's a, di- a desire to find our own provision rather than trusting in His provision. And what does James say about God's provision? Well, verse 17 is, His plans and His ways are good, and they are good for us. Every good and uh, good gift and perfect gift is from above. Let me repeat that. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. What about the doubts that we bring or the hesitancy that we may have? You know, does that disqualify us somehow to just say, I, I'm trying to walk this out, but I still have this part of me that that is unsure, you know? I don't think they disqualify us. I think there's um, 
there's a point at which we 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 recognize our own shortcomings when we strive to to put our, our roots down deeper in Christ, and we we recognize some of those things about ourselves. But we're we're looking to continue to grow and continuing to trust that we're not trying to kind of play both sides and say, well, if God, if things don't work out, I've got this as a fallback, or I'm going to trust in my money, or I'm going to trust in my my own skill and my own abilities, whatever. No, I'm going to put everything in on you. And, and even if there's still some lingering doubts, I'm, I'm, I'm going to still trust you. And I look at the, um, the, the, the father with, uh, the boy, he brings his, his boy to Jesus. He's got an unclean spirit it says in Mark nine, and, um, he wants Jesus to, to heal his son. But he's also admitting that there's, there's this part of his faith that that's that's unsure. He's like he wants to to believe even more. Um, Mark nine twenty four. He says, the, "The father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief.' It's like two different things. But he's he's acknowledging like I I believe you can do this, but but help me in the terms where I I still am struggling. And I call this the most honest statement in the Bible. When, when somebody just says, I believe, but help me believe more because there's, there's still this part of me that's not sure all the time. And, and I don't necessarily put that up as double mindedness. I just put that up as, as our, our desire to want to grow more and see our faith increase even more. And, um, that that's really where our hearts can lie. It's that we we recognize our belief, we we recognize our faith, but at the same time we want to over, overcome any shadow of doubt that may still creep in. And God recognizes this willingness in our hearts, just like Jesus reaching out and healing this man's son. He he reaches out as we express an honest heart cry in our desire to move towards Him more. So our first two points here: faith involves testing. Faith leaves no room for double-mindedness. And finally, faith means not just hearing, but doing. Picking it up in verse 22 of chapter 1, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So, a lot there, but the main thrust of it here is is acting on our faith. Not just hearing about Jesus, not just hearing about all this wonderful stuff, and, and maybe even accepting it, but doing something with that. And really, I think this is the culmination of chapter 1. This is this is James speaking on faith having legs and moving forward in action. And it's something he's going to keep coming back to. It's, it's especially as we go into chapter two, he's going to talk about this some more. But it's clear that James, he sees two lifestyles within the body of Christ and it bears addressing, it bears just bringing it up. He sees those who are, they've heard the word, they've received it, and They've done nothing with it. And then there are those who have heard the word, they've received it, and they're allowing it to affect their actions and their words and so on. So where do we stand as we hear these words? 
Well, to me, it's, it's a wake up call. It's reading James and realizing I'm often that person who hears it and finds myself convicted and maybe in a moment say, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to recommit my life to you, Lord, whatever. But then I don't actually do anything further with it. Kind of walk away from there. What's the danger with that? It's, it's that my faith really starts to kind of look null and void because there's, there's no evidence there's no outworkings of it. And to look in the mirror and this analogy that he uses, you kind of look at yourself, you see yourself, and then you walk away and forget what you look like. That that sounds absurd, right? Like we look at the mirror, we see ourselves, we we acknowledge, yes, that's me. And and you have that that moment where you recognize who you are, but then you forget because you just choose to to not keep that image in your head. Well, that's, that does seem absurd. And of course we should remember who, who and what we're looking at. But, but James is saying that that's the same thing that happens when we look at God's word in this regard, we see it, we recognize it, we, we affirm it, whatever. But then we walk away and we act like we forget what it said. And we, you know, everything that we took from it, what it meant, we just kind of, act as if we we didn't see it at all or read it at all. And really there's this aspect of double-mindedness at play here again. It's to to realize I'm I'm wanting to to have my feet in both camps and try to try to navigate both things. And it's also a lack of wisdom in Christ. If we if we choose to do those things, we're going to be prone to forget and we're going to walk away from the Lord. And uh, one of my favorite hymns talking about walking away, wandering, is Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And, and one of my favorite verses tells of that wandering of the human heart, our natural bend to forget. And allow me just to read this. I'm not going to sing it, but just to, to read this to you, this verse from, from this very fav- famous hymn. O to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, O take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. That song and and this chapter of James, they help bring me to a place where I want to see every day. And not just to see, but to remember and from that place of remembrance and recognition of Christ, I become a man who desires not just hearing from him, but being a doer of the word and a partaker in his gospel. Well, guys, as we end this first podcast episode of the book of James today, I hope that you're encouraged to go back and look at this book, look at this chapter um, each week. Uh, as we talk about a new chapter to go back in and do some more investigating for yourself. The overall theme of, of staying steadfast under trial, it, it's something that resonates a lot with me in these days. The church is going through a, a period of, of refining, I believe, and, and purification. And 
I think we're going to come out of it more united and, and more on mission with Christ as we persevere and as we we truly do walk through these trials and these uh, these seasons that are difficult. But we we shouldn't try to avoid those things. We we know that there are some scars that we're going to experience from them, but they're meant to be put on display for the Lord and to, to bring glory to His name. And they're bringing out of us a, a faith that is sincere and deep. As we talked about, kind of the very first point to say, the, 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 we should have joy in these trials because they're doing something that, that takes us deeper within um, our walk with the Lord. And that's a faith that we should desire and we should aspire to attain. Guys, it's really good to to share this word with you, this message today, and I hope you're blessed as you go throughout your week. Um, as always, I'd love to hear from you. Just to to drop a line, you can email me info at derekcharlesjohnson dot com. You can also uh, reach me through different platforms, Facebooks, um, great uh, Instagram, message me. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you, how you're doing, how I can pray for you, anything with the new year as you're going through. Um, and, and also, you know, just to, to share this, if you've been blessed, if this is a, uh, a particular word that you feel is, is something that someone else would, would benefit from that you would just pass along the link or, or share it, um, that just helps continue to, to kind of get this message to, to people that, that need to hear it. And uh, hope that you're blessed through that. Hope that others, as they pick it up, they are blessed as well. I'm going to close us out as we do every week with the theme verse from Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Guys, take care. Have a great week. God bless. Hey guys, this is Derek Charles Johnson. You have been listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. I am a blogger, a songwriter, an artist. And if you've been encouraged by this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and share and head over to DerekCharlesJohnson.com for more encouraging content. God bless.